It's time for Fed Talk, the live show for Feds in the Know. From federal agencies to Capitol Hill, the attorneys of Shaw, Bransford, and Roth bring in experts from across the federal community to bring you inside the issues. Fed Talk is meant to provide general information about legal issues. However, the views expressed in this program are not intended to provide legal counseling. Listeners are cautioned not to rely upon any statements made in resolving legal issues they may face, but instead to consult with their own attorney about specific situations. Attorneys are not engaged in providing legal services while appearing on the program and are not responsible in any manner for the consequences that may stem directly or indirectly from reliance on any statement made during this program. Good morning and welcome to Fed Talk. I am Tony Bernetti from Feds, Federal Employee Defense Services, and today is Friday, May 4th, 2018, or as my millennials in the office tell me, the day before Cinco de Mayo. <laughs> wasn't aware that was a holiday. <laughs> and we have a two-part show for you today. The first portion of our show will discuss federal long-term care with our show's title sponsor, the good folks from the Federal Long-Term Care Partners. We'll explore how federal long-term care is specifically designed to help federal employees arm themselves against unexpected medical expenses and plan for retirement. In the second half of our show, we'll have one of my favorite charities on, a charity that exclusively serves federal employees and their families, the Federal Employees Education and Assistance Fund, or as they're known in the federal community as FIA, uh, to talk about their important programs and what they have planned for the 33rd Annual Public Service Recognition Week, which is next week, and their charity run, which is this Sunday. Before we get started, I want to remind everyone that Fed Talk is brought to you by Federal Long-Term Care Partners. Long-Term Care Partners administers the Office of Personnel Management-sponsored Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program. For more information, go to ltcfeds.com. That's www.ltcfeds.com. So speaking of Long-Term Care Partners, I would like to introduce my good friend, Joan Melanson, from Long-Term Care Partners to get us started. Uh, Joan is the Director of Program Promotion at Long-Term Care Partners, and as I just said, they administer OPM sponsors federal long-term care insurance program. So Joan's here to tell us all about long-term care and, and the federal program. Good morning, Joan. Welcome to the show. Good morning. It's a delightful to be here to talk about my most favorite topic in the whole world. <laughs> one that pays the bills. <laughs> yeah, one that pays the bills. You got that right. So in a nutshell, tell us um, what, what long-term care really is. Just kind of set that up for us. Yeah, long-term care, sometimes it's easy to... Um, Uh, say what it isn't, because uh, people understand, folks understand what what medical insurance is, what their health insurance is, because it's something that we all use all the time. And health insurance is when you're, um, uh, you have a condition where you're going to get better. So you go into a hospital, they patch you up, and then you come out and you recover and you go back to your your, um, normal state, hopefully. Um, long-term care is when there is an expectation that for at least 90 days or longer, you will not be getting better, but you're not incurring medical conditions. It's what we call chronic care. It's care for things like your everyday activities. You got up in this the morning, you got out of bed, you took a shower, you had something to eat, you dressed, and so forth. So these are the things that we take for granted in our, in every day. If you need someone to help you physically with these everyday activities or somebody to uh, remind you to do it because you have a cognitive issue, Alzheimer's is the one that comes to mind, that's 
that's what this insurance covers. It's it's to help you with these types of expenses as opposed to health insurance, which your FEHB or other health insurance would cover. So I'm sure you get this question all the time. I've asked it of you. You know, mm-hmm. you know, when's the best time to buy, you know, long-term care? And you always jokingly say to me, well, the day before you need it. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And that would be the most cost-effective thing. And I'm all about <laughs> ROI on that. But it is a bit of a conundrum. I'm talking to to you at, uh, and you're in the early 50s. Very early 50s. Very early 50s. I'll be 51 in a couple weeks. Well, you're a perfect (laughs) candidate for me because I'm talking to you and you're at the height of feeling great. You're active. You feel terrific. You're out. You're you're running marathons. You're doing whatever. And I say, and now I'd like to talk to you about uh, the time in your life when you're going to need help with eating, bathing, dressing, and so forth. And you look at me like I have five heads. Rightfully so. I'm talking to you about a benefit that on average people will not use until they're in their late 70s. So there's a bit of a disconnect between early 50s and late 70s. And when you have to pay year after year after year for something that, and even when you hit 70, you might might not use. Um, So we are talking to people who are healthy and feeling great about life, and they're planning for an exciting part of their life, retirement planning, and we're talking about this icky factor, as I call it, of of long-term care. But that's when, and you say, why is that the ideal time? It's when you're um, healthy, presumably, more likely to be healthy then when, than when you're in, in your 70s. And, and, and why is that affordable, important? And it's affordable. And, why is- and that's important because you have to be healthy to purchase the product. It's kind of like you can't buy... Um, uh, car insurance right when you're getting into an accident or you're, right. you've had an accident. You have to buy it when you don't need it. And you, what we have is a 40-question um, application, and it asks you a lot of questions, yes or no. Have you ever had this? If so, explain. If you, you don't have to be in perfect health. Right. We look at your health uh, relative to your age, but you cannot have any conditions like um, – MS or Parkinson's, or you can't be receiving care. And that's usually when people think about long-term care. I need this. Well, you know, it's too late. That's the the insurance analogy I love to give is you can't get your homeowner's insurance after the National Weather Service names a hurricane. Exactly. But the healthier you are, are the rates different? No. Okay. No. the, um, The rates, we have one rate. This is a group insurance product. There are a lot of private plans out there, but this is group, and and you're either in or or you're out. And so we review your uh, application. You don't have to take a medical exam unless you have not seen a doctor in the last two years. And we you sign off that we can get copies of your medical records. So you don't get a visit from anybody. Um, you we, we review your, your medical records. So um, you fill out the application. It is so you're either your health has to be acceptable. And then the younger you are, the more affordable it is because every year the rates go up, similar to, to uh, life insurance. Right. So how do you how do you all deal? So a lot of federal employees deal, you know, live paycheck to paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, this is what I call the food and shelter argument. Mm-hmm. You know, they, you know, like how do you help them kind of do the cost cost benefit analysis? You know, how, you know, because you're right. I mean, I'm not going to need it till 20 years down the road. Why is this a good investment for me now as opposed to 
putting more in my TSP or investing mm-hmm. it somewhere else? You know, you know, how does your office sort of help them mm-hmm. kind of make those decisions? Well, whether or not to purchase long-term care insurance is very much of a personal decision. And there are, are a lot of factors. One of them you mentioned, a lot of it is your financial situation. Another, and, and what do you have for assets to protect? What's your family situation? Do you have family there that will come in and take care of you while gratis? Do you, um, do you, um, are they nearby? Would they be willing to do that? Um, uh, you know, what, what's your feeling towards risk? Are you one of these people that just wants to take your chances? You know what? I'm going to roll the dice. I'm never going to need this, so I'm not going to invest in it. So there are a whole bunch of things. That, what's your, what's your, your, your situation? Your, are you, do you have other financial obligations now because you're, you're um, putting kids through college. Uh, you're, you've got uh, uh, other obligations, family obligations. So there are a lot of factors that come into play, and it's a personal decision. Our role uh, at Long-Term Care Partners is to provide the information for you to think about it. And what I say is our goal is to help you think about a plan for long-term care issues in your family and not to say long-term care insurance is the answer for right. everybody. And that's something we should we should point out because um, I mean you're off you know you're not just you know they're just selling insurance you have an important mission which is to educate mm-hmm. educate federal employees about you know whether you need this or not to kind of right. you know go right. go through the analysis. It's a much broader. In fact, if you look at our website, there's information about long term care in general. There's information about the federal long term care insurance program, and then our webinar series, which is near and dear to my heart, is it, we have some on on the program itself, but and some on, on retirement planning and how does long-term care fit in when you do your retirement plan. But we have, we have programs on um, what's the planning that you do, things right. like you should have a power of attorney for your health and for your, um, uh, for your finances. You should talk to your family. You know, long-term care isn't just about you, Tony. It's about your family because guess what? Families take care of, of others and their family, and they'll take care of you um, as well as everybody else. It's and funny, that's what we It's funny you message. said that. So 20 years ago, my mom calls me and says, I just got you the best present. I said, yeah, what's that, mom? She goes, I got long-term care insurance for myself. I said, what do you need that for? Freddie is my brother. He lives right down the street. He'll take care of you. <laughs> yeah. like, He's not taking care of me. <laughs> hey, I, I, have, I have two sons, and I've said that from day one. I love them dearly, and I presume they love me. But, you know, they have their lives, and I've spent right. a lot of time in my life trying to provide them and get them started. I don't want to burden them with taking care of, of me. And uh, I think that, you know, the people that really get it and purchase this product have had a long-term care insurance experience with their parents or other family members, and it's an aha moment for them because otherwise it's an esoteric thing for me to talk about you something that may or may not happen way down in the future. I'm interested in today. We're very much of a today generation. Talking to you about the future, and you say, oh, come on, Melanson, seriously? But the people that are dealing with it, it's a very serious issue, and they raise their hands and they say, do I want to put this burden on my kids or other family members, my sisters, my brothers, whoever? You're listening to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. I'm here with Joe Melanson from Federal Long-Term Care Partners. We'll continue our discussion about long-term care after this break and a word from our sponsor. 
Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. I'm Tony Vernetti, and I'm talking with Joe Melanson from Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Partners about long-term care insurance options for federal employees. So uh, we were talking um, a lot about the need um, before the break, um, and that's certainly some, you know, is a personal decision. Um, but give us some, I guess, some more nuts and bolts, some claims information, you know, like where, where are people actually receiving this care? Um, and what kind of sort of just claims data can you, you know, can you share with us? Can you examples you can give as to what's actually being covered? Well, uh, it's, it's, uh, interesting that you asked that question. I have been with the program now and I realize that it is in fact May which means I've been with the program for 16 years now since its inception, and we are having um, more claims information that that we can share Um, because, as I mentioned before, you have to be healthy to be in the program, so we didn't expect everybody to go on claim right away. It takes time. So currently we are paying out over $18 million a month, and every time I go out to talk to somebody, I have to look back at the claims data because every month that goes up. That's a lot of money that we're paying. We're helping a lot of federal families, as well as um, members of the military are also uh, 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 eligible for this program. But we're helping them uh, receive care. Now, what I've always felt of this, not only is this is long-term care a what I call family affair, because it affects everybody in a family, whether it's financially or because they're doing some of the caregiving, the aspects of caregiving. Um, it also... Um, um, where was I going with that? It's um, it affects people. Um, I'm just missing the point I was going to make. Anyway, uh, let me make another point. How it which, impacts the family? Well, it impacts the the family in in all of those ways. But uh, let me talk a little bit about where the care is uh, is is received, um, because that's very interesting. I for oh that was the point I was going to make. All along, I've said that this that long-term care insurance is really an anti-nursing home mm-hmm. policy because people have always said to me, oh, you know, long-term care insurance equals nursing homes. Well, particularly over these years where I've been involved in the um, in the industry, I've found that that less and less care is, is happening in a nursing home. People don't want it. And guess what? Consumer need really drives what's going on. I've just looked at the numbers again. It's probably about 8% of our care, the money that we're spending out, goes to um, nursing homes. People are not wanting to go to a nursing home. It's like last resort. The majority of claimants are getting care either in assisted living care facility, and that's often in their communities, about a third of the care, but everything else is happening at home. And people are staying at home because they're using the insurance to have people come in. And the sh- a real show uh, piece of our uh, program is the informal care piece of it. 
And what is informal care? It's care at home where you can have a family member or friend. It's a family member. It couldn't be a spouse, someone living with you at the time. But if you had a sister who was who lived somewhere else who moved in with you or just wanted to come in and take care of you, we would pay costs for, for these people. And that's a very highly used benefit of all the the claims that come in. About a quarter of them are for informal care. And we have a caregiver training benefit, which is great because it will teach you how to, to be a, a caregiver with some of the things that you that you need to do. So I was really pleased to see that it's settled that people are using these benefits outside of a nursing home because everybody wants to age in place. That's mm-hmm. where people want to be. And, and so it really is meeting consumer expectations. So it can so it can essentially be used, you know, if they need, you know, assistance in performing sort of any kind of major life activities, um, come in and assist them, you know, throughout the you know, house. Could it buy groceries for them? Can they, you know, do things, well, do things like that? We have to be careful. Those are what we call instrumental activities of daily living. I know that sounds fancy. Sounds you very have, legal. Yeah. Well, you, <laughs> the, the, the trigger and and that's why you can use this uh, this policy in so many different locations because it isn't where you receive the care it's are you um uh are you qualified do you do you hit the trigger for needing the care and that means somebody that a medical person uh certifies that you're unable to either physically eat bathe dress um and there's six of them or do you need someone to um, let you know that you need to do this, what we call verbal cueing? Because someone who has a cognitive uh, issue has Alzheimer's. My mom was that way. She, would, she wouldn't get dressed, but if I put her clothes right down next to her, she would um, and say, Mom, it's time to get dressed, she would, she would get dressed. So this is rather technical, but uh, you know, whose doctor makes that determination? Is it the... The insured's own doctor, or no? The it's your doctor. Compa- it's your it's your doctor or a medical. It doesn't have to be a, mm-hmm. a doctor, but it's a medical person mm-hmm. who would. So who just would make to be clear, decision. so I am disabled. You know, I need to have somebody to live with. I need in home care. Basically, right. I qualify for in home care, um, and I don't want a stranger coming in. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. You know, you can have somebody like your sister, your Absolutely. brother, you know, one of your children maybe come in, and and they can get. Reimburse for certain expenses? Absolutely. Again, it can't be someone who's living with you at the time, but right. they can come in and they can. Right, because that'd be you. game in the system. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're a lawyer, you know how to do that. Um, you have a maximum that you can spend it a, a, a day, and the person would, would write an invoice. And when you say, well, how much could I charge any amount? We look at what's reasonable and customary mm-hmm. for the place where, where you're living at the time. So we have some some guidelines. I mean, on average, for example, $21 right now is, is what we see for, for the hourly rate. But, of course, we would look within a particular area to see what, what is reasonable and customary. So – you know, this is sort of probably a generalized question, but I'm sure if people are out there listening, because I don't know, you know, at my age or things like that, you know, you hear that it's expensive and then mm-hmm. you cost it over 20, 30 years. Um, and people, as we know, are living longer and longer and longer as, as advances in, in medical care. You know, how expensive is it really? 
How expensive is it really? That's a big question. It, and again, it, go, it goes back to how old are you when you purchase it and how rich a policy are you purchasing. But, uh, but to give you some sense, because that's what people are looking for, let me give you um, an average age of, of you know early 50s and let me give you um, uh, what we call a standard plan. It's not the, the top end. It's not, not the bottom uh, end. Our average is about 1600 and change, maybe 1625 That's about our average. But we can design a policy that meets that's your... that's per what? That's per year. Sorry, okay. $1,600 per year. Um, and that is... And again, it's an average based upon the different ages and it's also based upon a very lean policy and something that, that's that's very rich. And but th- so there's a lot of um, ability to tailor that. So how many sort of different options are there from what you call the lean or what oh, they call the Cadillac plan? And well, and how does somebody make that make decision. that decision? Yeah, that's always a question. We have four prepackaged plans to help a little bit with that. We also uh, have a um, premium calculator on the um, website. We have a lot of tools there. Mm-hmm. The um, online consultant tool will help you weave through this maze of trying to make a decision. We have a lot of webinars that help with that. And despite all the technology that we have, and, and it's it's an incredibly um, comprehensive uh, website with a lot of tools, would you believe that over 40% of the apps that come in the door are touched by one of our consultants on the phone? That at some point in the process, and it takes people a while to make this decision, it's not uncomplicated, Every over 40% will pick up the phone at some point and say, I have a question. Or they might have the person educate them, or they might have might do the whole application from soup to nuts. I mean, people use our phone service in so many different ways. So the personal touch is still very important. Our website is, as you mentioned before, um, ltcfeds.com and the um, 800 number is 1-800-LTC-FEDS and the they're very um, professional they're not they don't operate on commission they will address any competitive questions you have on other plans and and they're because we're here for education right that's we're the, not that's the thing to understand to it's the dual hat they're there also to educate you know number one number two you get a live person absolutely <laughs> you actually, I mean, the person you don't go into a phone a phone bank you know you down and the person who who picks up the phone and they're they're in my department so they know that they answer those questions they're highly trained and we monitor phone calls so anyone can test it and see um i challenge you to call our our 800 number. Call right now. Call right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Two you, for the price of one now. Since you um, asked about other plans, so if I'm a, so an informed consumer and um, looking at some of the other long-term care products um, that are out there, what makes the federal program different? I thought you'd never ask me that question, Tony. I, the, I From a very um, objective uh, perspective, um, because I was uh, working in the private insurance market before then. I, I, I like this program a, a lot for the um, informal care component. Our home health care benefit is very uh, uh, very compelling, very attractive. We really want to keep people at home. That's where they want to be. And this program was designed for the federal family. So between you know keeping people at home and having family members and friends come in and paying them, 
that is real. And, and the proof is in the pudding. We can see that's the benefit that's being used. We also have something. So that's co- not a, that's not a a, a plan um, component. That's not in other long term care. Most programs? of them, most of them require you to use a licensed, licensed home health care. Right. Yeah. Whereas we have that. The other thing that's very different is that we have a very strong care coordination and counseling service component, which means that you, as an enrollee, you can call and and say, my mom is is needing you know has this situation can you help me i can you can get discounts you can get information because you can go on the website and get tons of information the question is what's what makes sense for these needs so you can call and get those counseling services so um we also have what we call an experience fund all the premiums are put in this one fund and it's firewalled from the rest of the assets this program's underwritten by john hancock john hancock can't borrow the money. This is a fully funded program. It's not a pay-as-you-go. It's not like Social Security or uh, Medicare or Medicaid where, you know, hopefully it'll be there when you need it. This is fully funded. If you are in the program, you can be assured that you are going to have your your claims paid because the actuaries review it every single six months and they project out for 50 to 75 years in the future. Those are some things that really differentiate these consumer protection features, third party independent review of claims. If you have a dispute on that, these are things that you will not find in another private policy. Right. And if I could just plug, you know, your people, because um, I've been obviously out and about in the community um, with them and seen them, you know, in action. And I really encourage people out there that if you have questions about long term care, you should. You should call or get on the website, um, ltcfeds.com. Even if you already have a policy in place, you should at least, you know, if you have any questions about it, you should call them. You know, they have that dual educational um, mission over there. And I've seen it where people, you know, I've witnessed it where people already have a policy. They're looking at it together, you know, and I've seen them give advice. You're probably better off to stay with what you have. You know, they're not just trying to convert you over. They're really, you know, trying to make sure you have all the the relevant information to make the best decision for you and your family. Well, we do go to um, uh, on-site meetings, retirement, um, pre-retirement meetings. We go to health fairs during open season. We're out at the agencies. We're on a military basis. Uh, We go to conferences and on our webinars. We find that wherever we go, some percentage of people already in the program. And as Tony said, they have questions about their policy because they're they're thinking more about it. Maybe they they have it, and they they said, "Oh, I should I should see what I really have in here." And they and they 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 want to be educated. So we have to stop here for our second break, and unfortunately, okay. say goodbye to Joan. <laughs> well, it's been a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Thank you, Thanks Tony. so much for sharing this information with us. When we come back, we'll be joined by George Warner from the Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund, or it's known in the federal circles as FIA, a charity that exclusively serves federal employees and their families. But first, this word from our sponsor. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. If you're a federal manager, you deal with a lot of information. Here's a tip on breaking through the noise. Join the Federal Managers Association to have a voice on Capitol Hill. 
And to get filtered news and information specific to managing your workforce, join the 50,000 other federal managers who already subscribe and read the free weekly e-report, fedmanager.com. I'm Todd Wells, Executive Director of the Federal Managers Association, and I approve this message. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. I'm Tony Vernetti, and I would like to bring on the show now Joyce Warner, the Executive Director of Federal Employee Education and Assistance Fund, or we're going to start referring to it as FIA the rest of the show. Um, we're going to talk about FIA's important programs for federal employees and their families and what they have planned for the 33rd Annual Public Service Recognition Week, which is next week, and their big kickoff charity run um, this Sunday over at the National Harbor. So Joyce, FIA, you know, is is obviously a charity that's near and dear um, to my heart. My some of my mentors, um, G. Jerry Shaw and Bill Bransford, were so instrumental. My old law firm at, at being a part of FIA um, and getting it started. Um, but for those listeners out there who are maybe unfamiliar with FIA, um, give us a little bit of history. Sure. Well, FIA is just over 30 years old, and in that time, we've worked with 50,000 families. And I like to say that we are the charity for federal employees and their families and by federal employees and their families. And so our programs are largely about resilience for federal families. It's the human side. It's a human services organization. And so we do several things. Um, One of the things we're very well known for is hardship loans. And that means when someone has an unforeseen tragedy, right? And, you know, Tony, you talked in the first half of the show about people kind of living paycheck paycheck to paycheck, and many federal employees do live paycheck to paycheck. And they have a kitchen fire and lose everything in their kitchen. Or they have a sick child. Um, We had someone very recently had a a teenager die, their child, um, had the funeral to pay for. These types of hardships that are not, seen. Um, FIA has for many, many years given hardship loans. And the thing about our hardship loans is uh, there are no fees and there are no interest and they are confidential and you just pay us back over the next year from your paycheck direct deposit. And it's been a really, really successful program. Right. And I, even when um, I remember even FIA was even doing loans when, when the government lets down <laughs> the federal employees when we had the furloughs and, mm-hmm. you know, all the you know sort of pay issues several years ago. I know FIA stepped in you know to give loans then. Yeah, and you know a lot of our are around the human issues. You know we talked about long term care. We have someone not long ago who their parent had several strokes. They had to like get in there, take time, extra time off to help set them up on a path for care. Mm-hmm. Um, that then there's a lot of bills that pile up if you're out of leave if mm-hmm. you used all your sick leave. So how do you work, just with the, sticking with the, the emergency loan stuff, how do you work with the, the agencies, I guess, in, mm-hmm. in getting, you know, the word out, you know, yeah. this is it's not free money, but this is, you no. know, legitimate, you know, loans are needed, you know, if somebody's going through a particular personal hardship, you know, how do you work with the agencies to get the word out that this is available? Yeah, so we, we work really hard to get our message out through, um, Often they're like the work life or the health and wellness people in agencies. Um, These are the people who also are conduit to um, employee assistance programs, whatever those might be in an agency. But we also work a lot with our union and federal employee association groups to help get the word out. They, They are a conduit. And, you know, FIA has four staff total. So across all of our 
work. So we do rely on these partners to help get the word out. And that's you know, and that's a point you know I've done countless radio shows with with Fia over over the, over the years, but this is you know a point um, that I always like to make because Jerry Shaw used to make it to me all the time is about the overhead. You know, about how much, what percentage of the mm-hmm. donated money is going, you know, mm-hmm. to affect the real, you know, charitable, you know, charitable purpose. You know, it's, you know, you don't have a staff of 100. You don't have any no. private jets or, or no anything private jets. like that. <laughs> <laughs> no private jets. Right. I have a banged up Subaru and I'll be driving it to the race this weekend filled with stuff for, for our mark walkers and runners. <laughs> right. No, no, but that's important. You know, so I, you know, when, you know, I'm a federal employee, as I said before, a lot of federal employees, you know, will have paycheck to paycheck, you know, and I want to, you know, when I open up the, you know, each year for the campaign, you know, the, the CFC campaign, and I open up the book and decide what I, you know, what I want to contribute to. And, hey, I'd like to, you know, help federal employees. I'm a federal employee. You want to know that your dollar, you know, you know, 99% of that is going for the intended purpose. I think that's very important. Yeah, we do. We do look very closely at our costs all the time. Um, one of the ways we're able to keep our costs down is with volunteers. So we, a lot of our programs need volunteer help. We have a wonderful woman. She comes every Wednesday to do a lot of our office work for us. She's the wife of a federal employee who's retired herself now. That's so right. That helps us stretch our dollars. You know, and that's something I wasn't, you know, just, you just, I wasn't aware of, you know. And so how does somebody, since we're talking about volunteers, if somebody's interested in volunteering, mm-hmm. how do they get more information? You know, what, what can they do? Sure. If you go to our website, www.feea.org forward slash volunteer, we always are putting our up-to-date volunteer opportunities on there. Okay. So we talked a little bit about the emergency emergency loans. I should just point out there are the four basic programs, you know, mm-hmm. the scholarships, uh, disaster relief, emergency loans, and the, the child care subsidies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to ask you about, which is a little bit different than emergency loans, you know, disaster relief. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking about that because I was just – I don't know why I make everything about me, but I was just on a fishing trip <laughs> down in New Orleans, and where we were fishing was right where Katrina came through. Mm-hmm. You know, and I remember, you know, all the you know great work that Fia did, you know, for federal families that were affected by um, Katrina, and I know that you all have been actively involved in folks affected by Harvey, you know, Hurricane Harvey, Irma, and, and Maria. Yeah. You know, tell us about that. Yeah, so we have had almost 200 families we've worked with since those three hurricanes hit, one after another. Um, and, you know, each situation was a little bit different. So I can tell you I never saw – as the claims came in or the requests for support came in, so much sheetrock. <laughs> we put up a lot of – help people put up a lot of new sheetrock in Texas. Um, we put a lot of roofs up. We help people who had to evacuate and need to need some support for temporary lodging or they've been booted and they need – you know, while the repairs are being done. And this year we did beds for feds oh. because of the flooding – there were just tons of families who did not have any renter's insurance or their renter's insurance excluded a hurricane and they didn't think they lived in a hurricane area. Mm. Um, and so and they lost everything. And so we did a lot of bed replacement. We also did a lot of bed replacement in Puerto Rico. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's it was a really important reach for us. We we did. And we had a tremendous amount of support come in. So I'm thankful for all the folks who came through for families during that time. So we were able to meet all the needs of people who came 
You're right about that. A lot of them didn't think they lived in a hurricane area, like a lot of the in the Northeast, but the people that were affected by Harvey, you know, mm-hmm. they didn't have flood insurance, they didn't have hurricane insurance, they just sort of, you know, never, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. never, never really thought um, that they needed it. Um, so let's let's start with kind of the, the I think is one of the cores that the FIA is involved in are the, are the scholarship programs, mm-hmm. the two scholarship mm-hmm. programs um, that that you run. Yeah, so we have we have two scholarship programs. The first one are annual merit based scholarships. They're for federal employees, their spouses, their children, and even their grandchildren. We actually have a partnership with NARF. I should mention for retired federal employees for both disaster relief and scholarships that support their grandchildren. Um, And so each March, our scholarship application closes. We spend the better part of the the summer picking and selecting, and probably around July we'll announce the winners. We do 250 to 300 every year, and I should say that Long-Term Care Partners is supporting 50 this year, so we're very excited to have their help. They've been a huge supporter of scholarships, as has Blue Cross and a number of other groups. Um, everything is online. So if you just go to our, we, we really believe, first of all, most of our applicants, as you might imagine, come from children and grandchildren of federal employees. They do everything online. So they want everything to be online, and we have everything online for them at our website. The other scholarship, Tony, um, which I think many people know us for, is our work with uh, families and children who survived their federal employee parents who passed during one of the terrorist attacks, whether it's Oklahoma City, 9-11, the embassy bombings, the consulate in Benghazi. Um, There's a couple of hundred kids who lost a parent, and we have been working with all of those families to make sure those kids can afford college. In fact, I should say for Oklahoma City, this month, the last student from Oklahoma City is graduating. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. And and, and and I think somebody told me over the years, every single one who wanted to go to college, Fia was able to provide assistance yes. for. I mean, that's huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, and her, her father had been in the Secret Service, had been stationed uh-huh. in Oklahoma City at the time. Mm-hmm. And that was such a, a signature, you know, moment for, as far as what, you know, what I've been educated on and what, you know, really, you know, got FIA started was that, you know, the Oklahoma City bombing and and a need to really step up, you know, a charitable effort that was specifically for federal employees and their families, you know, if they're going to be in harm's way like that. Yeah. And I should say, you know, sometimes people ask, and I always stress, we work with federal employee families, civilian, in every agency across every state and those people who are stationed overseas for their agency. So we, we don't discriminate. And so what are some of the other, I guess, um, Scott, so I know you're also involved in, you know, Mm -hmm. 9-11, the African embassy bombings in Benghazi, Mm -hmm. things like that. What can Mm -hmm. you tell us about that? Um, Well, you know, so we actually have a pipeline of children who are still in elementary school. So some of these kids were in touch with the families, but they they they're not in college yet. We have a group of students from. Uh, 9-11, where there's some kids in, in school now, but there's some that are going to be coming up to go to school. Um, there were some very small babies or in utero kids uh-huh. at the time. Um, and then, of course, the embassy bombings in Benghazi, some of those children are very, very small. And so how do you maintain contact with them? How, how does that work? You know, we have some great staff. I should give a shout out to two of my colleagues, Nikki and Robin, who've worked most closely with the families. Um, Nikki's actually here in our office this week. She's based in another state helping with the race. Um, and she just is in touch with the families. That's, that's, that's wonderful. 
Um, I know I want to briefly mention, because I know in the second last 15 minutes, I want to talk about the, the charity run and a public mm-hmm. service recognition week. Um, but FIA also is involved in a for-profit um, business, the child care services. Tell us about that. Yeah, so FIA owns a small business, um, and that small business works with a number of federal agencies to implement one of the employee benefits that is that agencies can choose to offer their employees. Um, and that is to provide subsidies to the lower-income employees in their agencies to license daycare centers. And I can tell you that often the people we talk to say they wouldn't have been able to afford that type of care for their child uh, in a licensed center or a center that had maybe an educational program without it. So um, I think we're working with just under 20 agencies right now, but we get calls all the time. Recently, OPM released a work-life uh, report, and they talk about broadly this child care subsidy program and encourage mm-hmm. agencies to look at starting it. And so actually I've had, since that happened, I've had some agencies call saying, hey, we just heard about this. You know, can we learn more about how this I mean, is the child care on agency premises? or No. It's... And so it could be any child care that's licensed by the state. So. Uh-huh. If it's Connecticut or Texas, whatever their rules are to say this is licensed child care, they can be reimbursed for that. Okay. We're going to stop here um, and hear a word from our sponsor. You know, we're entering our last segment. We're going to stop here for our final break. Now, you got me losing my train of thought here. <laughs> when we return, we'll wrap up today's discussion with Joyce telling us more about FIA's important programs and efforts to support federal employees and their families. Make long-term care insurance part of your retirement plan. Long-term care is expensive, and it's not covered by traditional types of insurance plans. With benefits designed specifically for the federal family, the Federal Long-Term Care Insurance Program offers a smart way to help protect savings and assets and remain independent should you need long-term care services someday. Start planning for the future. Take the next step and visit ltcfeds.com today. That's ltcfeds.com. Welcome back to Fed Talk on Federal News Radio, 1500 AM. We are entering our last segment of this show, and I'm no longer tongue-tied. And we're talking with Joyce Warner from FIA about FIA's charitable support of federal employees and their families. Uh, so before we get into uh, the 33rd Public Service Recognition Week and your charity walk fun run, uh, which is the Sunday, uh, tell us more how people can can make donations, get involved, um, you know, your website, you know, the mm-hmm. different, you, you've got a variety of different sort of programs that are out there for people to, to donate. Sure. So one way to give is through the Combined Federal Campaign. via has been a part of the Combined Federal Campaign for a very long time. And our CFC number is 11185. Um, it used to be 1234. Or something like that. It, they right? changed the numbering system. You, this predates me, but yeah. I, think I remember that. that. It was yes. like, do you want to change? It was like, <laughs> no. <laughs> so it's 11185. Um, you can also give from your computer or your phone if you go to www.feea.org forward slash give. And it's mobile friendly, so you can give right from your phone. 
Um, and then the other way that we get support is um, through this public service walk and run, which I'll talk about for a minute. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that um, Blue Cross Blue Shield is actually going to be doing a matching donation campaign for us. They're going to match donations that we receive in the month of June. Mm-hmm. And so we'll be starting to talk about that in a couple weeks. But uh, that's a good time for folks to give. Right. So I'm glad you mentioned Blue Cross Blue Shield because that's a little a note I wrote down here. Um, you know, individual, you know, contributions from folks like Joe Melanson, Tony Bernetti, you know, are important. But if, you know, I'm out there and I work for, you know, a corporation and, you know, this is something that I identify with, you know, what kind of options are for corporations, mm-hmm. you know, to get involved and, in, you know, and how would they reach out to you? Sure. So we work with a number of corporations. Um, they either sponsor our large charity event. We do partnership programs in partnership with them. So either disaster programs or um, we're going to be doing some educational programs starting this year. Scholarship programs, like I mentioned, that we do with long-term care partners. Um, and so really they can just contact me. Um, my information is on the FIA website. You, the phone number is right on the bottom of our homepage. Mm-hmm. And I'd be happy to talk to folks about how to partner with FIA. So a corporation could could partner and kind of sponsor its own block of, of additional scholarships? Yep, or other programs that we right, have, yeah. Right, right, right. So what is it you said? It's by, by feds? By for, feds and for feds. So if you're a corporation serving feds, you know, this is a great way for you to contribute, you know, more to feds if you're, you know, sort of in the federal community um, and looking for ways to contribute. You know, I think this is certainly, you know, an organization um, you should consider you know, doing business with or, or partnering with. So let's talk about um, what you have planned for Public Service Recognition Week, which is next week, and your your charity run. Yeah, so, <clears throat> excuse me, next week is the 33rd Annual Public Service Recognition Week. Um, and we always kick it off. This is going to be the sixth year in a row that we've kicked it off with a charity walk and run. Um, and this is an event where it's really a celebration for federal employees. Um, it's going to be at National Harbor on this Sunday morning. Uh, if, for those of you who haven't been to National Harbor, there's just a ton to do there with your families and friends. There's Carousel, there's Outlets, there's tons of restaurants to go to afterwards for brunch, um, the Capitol Wheel, kayaking, the whole nine yards. There's and a casino close by. I'm not saying that part, Tony. <laughs> we're we're health and wellness and resiliency, so like, I'm not go over the there, casino. make some money, and bring it back. <laughs> well, that's okay. Um, So uh, this year we have both a 5K for those who want to run or walk a 5K, but we also have a one-mile fun run. Um, And you can sign up through midnight tonight, Um, and you can do that at www.feea.org forward slash 5K. And if you put in the code FEA, F-E-E-A, you can get 30% off your price. So it's only $21 to participate, and you get a sports sack and a t-shirt and timing and snacks and we're going to have a dj for fun and dancing and a photographer and just make it a big party for feds and you get a little exercise and you feel good you know both physically and you feel good that you're you're it's going to a good cause exactly last year we netted seventy thousand dollars for our programs from this event Mm, so it's really important and does that so? How does so? I always like asking this question, but, but how is the money? Does the money go to all four of your programs, or is it? If, 
So when we have an event like this, well, first of all, I should say the child care program is solely funded by the government, like by the by right. the agencies. We don't use any of our funds for that. Um, for our other three programs, you know, when we have a fundraiser like this, we put the money where it's most needed. So we within our with our board, we have a, a, a board of great volunteers who have served across the government and across different groups. But we, we make decisions about where to invest based on where where the most need is. So if, you know, if I'm a federal employee, you know, out there and, you know, like, and I'm thinking about, you know, I want to, I want to give money, you know, I want to give money to FIA. I want to help, you know, federal employees, you know, what, you know, what can you, you know, what can you tell me, you know, you know, there, there are, you know, I remember as a federal employee getting that CFC book and it's about yay thick, you know, and I go through it and I'm looking at all these charities and it's like the. Bethesda Chevy Chase mm-hmm. Tennis Club. And I'm like, I don't think they need money. And I'm going here and going. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm a veteran. So I ended up giving it to a disabled veterans, mm-hmm. you know, association. You know, w- why is, you know, you know, we, you know, we want to support all the charities. But, sure. you know, you know, why is FIA different and important? Well, let me tell you what people who give to us tell me. Good. Okay. Um, and that is I have spoken to a number of folks who have been giving to us. And I did that when I first started 18 months ago because I was like, you know, tell me more about what, what makes you, what motivates you. And invariably, everybody told me it was that they had either heard that it was very personal. They, they heard a story either on Fed News Radio or somewhere about someone we had helped. Um, they knew someone in their agency, a friend of a friend. A couple people said I knew somebody in my next office who got the type of help they needed fast, you know, confidentially, they knew they knew that people were being helped. And that really was what drove people to give. And so how do you get the information out about about the good work, the people mm-hmm. you've helped, whether it's somebody, you know, through the emergency loan, the mm-hmm. disaster relief, mm-hmm. or, you know, the scholarships, is, you sure. know, people come back and say thank you and stuff like that. So we, we do that through a number of ways. We're, we're, we try to be very active on Facebook and Twitter, both at Feds Helping Feds. So And we really encourage people to follow us on social media. And a little known uh, thing that not a lot of people know about social media, but the more you – one way you can give to us is by liking and sharing our posts because all of these social media operate on algorithms – and more begets more. So the more followers and likes and shares you get, the more likes you get. More shows up in other people's feeds. So that's an area to help us. We have a newsletter. Um, we do come to some events, especially in the D.C. area. We don't travel a lot because travel takes away Cost money. money. Costs money. money we don't have, <laughs> right? We try to keep it for our programs. But we do, we do try to get out the word that way. One thing I will say, though, about support outside of the area is that um, we do have a lot of – we help a lot of people outside of the D.C. area. We are by no means a D.C. charity. Um, we help people all over the U.S., and we have supporters all over the U.S. And I should say that one of the things for the race is we have virtual – participants, virtual runners and walkers. And as of yesterday afternoon, I I know more are coming in, we had people in 16 states Mm. who were getting out and walking and running in support of FIA and feds this weekend. So we want How are you working that? You have volunteers in these states? No, they just, they register through us and we mail them what they need. Oh, you know, fascinating. Fascinating. Um, Do you, so with the, are the, you may not even want to answer this, but... (laughs) Are you able to work at all with the, like the agency benefit offices and the various federal agencies? You know, the big thing with this, the, the CFC is mm-hmm. they can't favor one charity right. or, you know, or, or another. 
you know, but this is a unique charity for federal employees. Are you able to get any particular access into the federal agencies? I would say we don't have much more access than another charity. Right. However, um, because we provide services to federal employees related to their health and resiliency, sometimes we'll be invited to be at a, an, an employee event where outside organizations are being invited, say for financial literacy, we'll be invited to come and participate. We just were at a great event that the EPA hosted for USAID, Customs and Border Patrol, and EPA employees. Um, so we get in that way to talk to people. And also, um, after the hurricanes, um, OPM did a special authorization to allow agencies to kind of encourage people to give to a specific charity, and a number of federal agencies directed people to donate mm-hmm. to FIA. Mm-hmm. See, I wonder, I think that they would be okay to, like, after the hurricanes, for example, and something, you know, in a situation like that, particularly, you know, what happened in Puerto Rico, for example, you know, Houston mm-hmm. and all that, that, you know, there are these organizations that are here to help. You know, you push out information, you know, all of them, yeah. you know, they, they ought to be able to, you know, to, to get information, you know, out. And we do use the federal executive boards to help share information across. You're working with all of yes. them. They bring, are you able to get out to visit? Because they I, have their quarterly meetings or whatever. Yeah. Usually I try to call on them when I'm there, if I happen to be there, again, because of travel. But we are, I do email them and, you know, I, or when the California wildfires come, I, you know, I'm like right out in touch with the California FEBs to make sure they're getting it through the agencies there. Wow. Wow. So, again, so somebody wants to donate, you know, the best place for them to go is the website? Mm-hmm. www.feea.org forward slash give. And information on all the, you know, four programs is, is available there there on the website? Yeah. Our, everything is on our website. We are high tech at FIA these days. <laughs> uh, it, it is. A new, I will say it's, a, it's, it's relatively new, right? Revamped. Yeah. yeah. I, was just, I was on it preparing for the show and it's like I got to watch a video. Yeah, we have a great, we have a two-minute animated video about FIA and what we do. Yeah. So it really is a, a, a wonderful organization. Um, it's it's one of my favorite. It's, you know, near and dear. It's Fed's, you know, favorite charity, we call it. It's the only one we, we endorse. Um, so as you say, you know, it's by Feds, for Feds. I mean, it's kind of what I say at my company. I'm a former Fed, and, you know, we're all in this community together, and, and the federal employees are – you know, they're serving us, you know, to, you know, make sure we're safe. You know, everything's about national security, all our services and things like that. So I, you know, it's just an important, an important charity. I think people, you know, ought to consider when you're thinking about where to, you know, where to give the money that you have that's not allocated to food and shelter, as I like to say. And, you know, and I want to thank both feds and long-term care for supporting the charity walk and run this weekend. Long-term care has also donated some GoPros. We're going to be raffling off GoPros this weekend. So I got to cut you off here. That's all the time we have. Um, Joan and Joyce, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Thank all of you. Just a reminder that Fed Talk is brought to you by Shaw, Bransford, and Roth. Have a good weekend. 